Welcome to part one of two of the Jurassic Pod rankings episode, episode, episode. There were so many good ranking ideas that I, I don't think we could fit them into one episode. So we're going to break these into two episodes. But before we get into part one, I want to take some time to kind of give a state of the union, state of Jurassic here. Yeah, it's been a long time. We've both been traveling. Uh, we've been, you know, doing things. We're busy. It's it's busy here, fall in the Midwest where we live. Yeah, yeah, it's cold now. You know, we started this podcast when it was cold, and now and it's it cold got, again. It got warm, and now it's cold. And now again. it's cold again. Well, anyways, Mike, I just wanted to say first off, thank you, thanks to you, and most importantly, the listeners for for listening to the show. Uh, we started this journey to rewatch all the films. We've done that. We've talked to some really cool fans and communities, and we've discussed the franchise and, and why it's so interesting and relevant. Um, but we're kind of getting into this this phase where we're recapping. We're taking all this knowledge that we've we've We're processing it. And we're processing it. As we look to the end of 2021, we're going to have some new episodes coming out leading up to the holidays. Now, we think the holidays, the holiday season, film season, will have a trailer. We're, we're hopeful. I would be shocked if there wasn't. So our kind of plan is to have some episodes leading up to the holidays, take a break over the holidays, but we're going to do a trailer breakdown, of course. We just don't know when that's going to be. Yeah. We assume it will be around the holidays. It could be around Thanksgiving. My guess is it's going to be around the I've Christmas heard a holiday. lot of people say, you know, hey, you guys have watched these movies and, you know, the one thing that's, you know, a barrier to me listening to your podcast is, you know, it's an hour and a half movie and your podcast is, a, you know, an hour and a half <laughs> long, you know, and I'm like, hey, I hear you. So what, what we plan on doing, we've talked about this really extensively, is we're going to do a two hour podcast breakdown of, of a t- two minute of the trailer. trailer. Yep. <laughs> we, we're going to go longer for shorter. <laughs> Because we just heard the feedback from the fans. And it's it, it's so overwhelming. Yeah, yeah. It was unaccessible. <laughs> so we're going to continue to just lean into that. Uh, but anyways, the goal is really to have a season two to build up to Jurassic World Dominion. But in order to do that, to make that possible, we need your support. This is an independent show. And although 99% is pure joy, it does take some effort to edit and promote the show. And that's where you guys can come in. Uh, please share it on social media, rate, review, subscribe, all those good things. And then at the very least, go to our website, www.jurassicpod.com and click the share your voice button on the sexy Jeff Goldblum. Our, really, our goal is to produce a show that's fun for you and, and for us. So that might be, we are tongue in cheek about it, might be changing up our episode length, what we're talk, talking about. But we need feedback. We need subscribers we need those things to kind of keep a podcast up and running again we're totally independent uh we're not uh, uh funded by ingen or universal or any other sh- skynet's not funding this no, no other shady fake corporations funding this podcast this is purely but we would sell out but we would sell out absolutely yeah if ingen came calling if biostin can get came calling we, yeah we would so if you know anybody there uh just just yeah just sh- shout you know, it out it's all about who you know not what you know and so we're just asking our listeners who do you know who do you know (laughs) who else do you know that loves jurassic and you want to share the show uh, and share the love again we're able to do this because of you and we're enjoying it because of you but also we want to make a show that's going to be digestible that is entertaining 
uh, we've kind of done things that we've wanted to do and we hope people have enjoyed it, but we're also open to, to feedback, but not too much feedback, but yeah, feedback. Yeah. A healthy amount of feedback. <laughs> Anyways, on to part one of the Jurassic pod rankings episode, episode, episode. Oh, cut us off there. Welcome to Jurassic Pod, podcast 65 million years in the making in the fourth most popular Jurassic Park podcast on the internet. Mike, we're here. We're ready to rank. Uh, we're ready to put our opinion. Yeah. Stamp on the on the franchise. Look, we've we've done a few sports analogies on this show. Um, we had, famously there's a baseball analogy. Um, we did a draft. We did a which draft. Is, I'm told is sports. Yeah, it, it is. Um, and I think what if there's anything that American sports has taught me, it's that what are you if you're not ranked? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, if you're not first, you're last. If you're not, yes. I mean, that's really what we're here to do is Amen and Hallelujah to, to rank everything in and around the franchise. Um, but first, Mike, we have some some important business to take care of. Um, we took a little break here. Uh, like we said in the intro, we've been traveling, doing you know fall things, yard work, uh, really the, all the things you need to do to get ready for the winter. But uh, I did want to go back to our our last behemoth of an episode the draft um and i want to announce that there was a winner um there was a consensus uh before you uh, retort mike i want to say jim hargrove is the winner of the draft jurassic park hidden depth direct, <laughs> directed by michael bay count was, the votes. was was obviously the best one i think we knew that during the draft and it was confirmed by the feedback that we got your thoughts mike w- whatever state is performing the count whether it's if we're counting in, in in the votes in Michigan, we need we need to stop the count immediately. It's already been counted. If it's, if it's we're over. counting the votes in Arizona, we need to keep counting the votes immediately. Okay. Not to be political, but whatever option gives me the best way to win. So we, if you were in the lead, you would want it to stop. Absolutely. So. So what you're telling me is we need to keep the voting open as soon as you are in the lead. Then we need to stop, stop the vote. Okay. Okay. Well, congratulations, Jim. Uh, I think it was by far the best idea. Uh, the one that actually maybe could have happened in a different timeline. Uh, if, if Steven Spielberg didn't have his control over this franchise, who knows? Early 2000s, we could have had a JP3 directed by Michael Bay. Maybe a Jurassic Park hidden depths, but again, the timeline right. actually fits. Like, oh you yeah, think, you go back like, oh hey, it's two thousand and eight. We need another Jurassic Park movie. Who's a hot director on the market right now? Michael he, Bay. Yeah, he. So Transformers came out in two thousand eight, I believe. So, sometime 2007, around there. I was in high school. Yeah, we, we were in high school. So he was kind of ready to take on a huge franchise. Yeah, and that would have been up there for him so even if they made a, a jp4 uh continuing on the after Jurassic park 3 he could he could have it could have happened so and, and honestly you could just say let's hire michael bay and blow it all up and that 
just sounds beautiful. Hire Michael Bay and blow it all up. That works for everything. Let's 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 do it. Get the rock in there. Get Vin Diesel in there. Get blow our, it all get, up. Get, get, get them all in there. Uh, we also have a couple listener feedback things that I want to read. Um, thank you again, these two listeners for for sharing their thoughts. Again, go to www.jurassicpark.com. Click on the sexy Jeff Goldblum. We want to hear from you. You can also reach me at, at Luke H. Ferris. That's at Luke H. Ferris on the socials. Uh, there's and, and Mike's also on the on the Twitter once in I a am. while. Yeah. At, uh, at Miguel Ganar. There, uh, Spanish there we go. For, for Mike Wynn. Michael Wynn. There we go. Uh, we like to banter a little bit about Jurassic Park, also sports. Um but please let us know. So this first one is from Andrew Talmage or Talmage. Uh, he says, favorite movie of all time. The first one, of course. I have a theory on how the crew was killed on the ship to San Diego. Oh, Ooh, here we go. Okay. I want yeah. I want a, a witness list or a, or a suspect list. Yeah. Uh, he uh, didn't give it the theory, so please, Andrew, write yeah, that. Yeah, well, Andrew, <laughs> what a please. Tease. What a tease. Andrew. Uh, he also says, my favorite fact about, the I think, the franchise is that the paleontologist praised the movie on its accuracy and then later said it was wrong. That happens with scientists. Um, question, uh, what happened to Grant? Where is Grant? We don't know. Dr. Grant, uh, we're going to find out. Yeah. We're going to find out a lot. We're in, almost, in the next film. It almost sounds like we're going to find out not enough. Yeah, that that, that is the, the fear. Um, there's a lot of time that's passed between yeah. JP3 and, and Jurassic World Dominion. My guess is he's just digging up bones somewhere. I think he's still doing that. Yeah. I think I think this is it's it's the idea that the the dinosaurs are now invading his digging up space. But yeah, I do hope we get a scene of him digging something or he's hired blue as a research assistant <laughs> i i could see that no tears uh and then he says love the podcast thank you andrew really appreciate yeah. it andrew i just want to reiterate we need this theory this is now my top priority <laughs> I, know. I know i'm gonna we're gonna have to look at all the andrew talmages online to just just outside that. of outside of the the the, um, the T-Rex paddock issues, I think the biggest mystery is how everyone died on the boat. I think it's pretty clear that there was a serial killer <laughs> and there's an, there's an entire franchise that could uh, spin off of it. But thank you, Andrew. And then we also have Keegan Gibson, who says, I really enjoyed the show Camp Cretaceous. Okay. I wish you would talk about it. <laughs> okay. This is good feedback. Um, this is what we asked for it's, at the beginning, Luke. We asked yeah, for feedback. I, I feel like we're ruining the day that we said that. Uh, okay. The is there any other feedback? <laughs> Watching Crave Cretaceous is... We do not want that What's, feedback. I'm sorry. Can you repeat? Keegan, Keegan Gibson. Keegan Gibson. Keegan, um, I, I'm looking you right in the eyes right now. I right pledge, in the earbuds. I, I pledge to you that I will endeavor to try to maybe watch Camp Cretaceous. And Keegan, I pledge that I will make sure that Mike Yeah. I I want to make it clear, I am a huge fan of Jurassic Park. And so when I saw Camp Cretaceous, I thought, oh, this could be good. But I just, it's, it's hard because like, uh, I'm just worried about how my age demo plays into what the show is going for. 
So I know I know we had Brad on the show, and Brad is a fan of Camp Cretaceous. Mm-hmm. And he so if it. we had him back on the show, I'm sure he would say, Mike, you should watch it as a fan of the franchise. And you know what? I will take that advice from both Brad and Keegan, and I, I will I will Let's do I will it. Watch it. You know, Mike, it might be kind of like The Wire, where like a lot of people watch the first steps of The Wire, and they didn't really get into it. But you, maybe you got to watch you know, the second and third episode to, to get into it. Yeah. Camp Cretaceous is pretty much the wire. Honest, I only watched the first episode of The Wire. <laughs> Here we go. We're, we're we're finding a a trend. All right, Mike. Shall we shall we get into this? I'm excited. This rankings. So obviously, we could have ranked uh, best fern in Jurassic Park, uh, but, but we kind of took. If you haven't listened to the draft episode, listen to that because we did take some of the categories yeah. and kind of shifted it. Again, also, I think. To just plug the draft episode, best episode we've done. One of my favorites. One of the best two hours of my adult life. Yeah. Easily. I had an absolute joy. All right. So, Mike, we're going to start out with a big one. I mean, this is really going strong off the gate. Lead hero. Oh, I thought we were going to rank the categories. (laughs) Best category. No, we don't have time for that. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Lead hero. So, this is... Basically, the stars of the movie. I'm going to read them off, and then what Mike and I are going to do. Uh, this is a tactic used on James Bonding, uh, which we, uh, you know, shamelessly rip off, sh- uh, applaud, and and steal their their formats. But basically, we have ranked these separately. Yes, we're going to list off from worst to best. Yes, our our rankings. The first time we say them both, so. For uh, let's say we're ranking the films. best the best films, yeah, and we start with number five, and we both and I say Jurassic Park, and then and I say Jurassic Park, of course, right? Uh, obviously, then we would talk about Jurassic Park, and that would that would be in the fifth spot, yes. So locked in. Basically, what we're doing is it's, agreement means locked in to that yeah. spot. It's a democratic way for us to to rank these. Again, do I if do I have to say this? But we're, this is all subjective, and we're. This is for fun. Well, I was actually contacted by Universal, and I'm being paid. Oh, you're, you're getting paid to rank these. To okay. rank these. I, you know, I'm doing it for the for the love of the okay. franchise. Uh, but again, your rankings might look totally different, and that's why it's fun. You know, that's why we're here to discuss it. But let's start with lead hero. I'm going to read off our heroes. Yep. Let's hear them. Dr. Ian Malcolm. Yeah. Dr. Ellie Sadler. Dr. Alan Grant. Dr. Sarah Harding. Owen Grady. Claire Deering, we really lose the doctor title. Yeah, yeah. There's just a steep drop off in academic achievement there. Oh man. So um should should I go first and you, say you shall go first. And should we start with six? So six being the worst. The worst. Okay. Yep. Claire. You have Claire. I had at number six, Owen Grady. What? <laughs> let's let's wait. Let's wait. Let's wait till we get a consensus and then we can talk about them all right who's your number five harding what harding yep okay number five is claire for me so we can talk about claire as and she's our number six so i i need to really truthfully understand how you don't see her as the worst because it's it's by a wide gulf to me in fact i struggled making harding even five because i see her and owen kind of in similar lights Owen is a character that I think is not part of the Jurassic Park lore. 
he is a action hero in the Jurassic Park movies, and I don't believe Jurassic Park is is fit for action heroes unless they're the hunter soldier character. So I have a, I have a problem because I don't really need him in my Jurassic Park movies. I don't really want him. He's a forgettable character to me. If we're looking at lead heroes by Claire has some, there's something there with Claire. Like what? Go ahead. I know your thoughts on Claire. Name two things. She is entrenched in the corporate part of, Jurassic World. Oh, I'm sorry. That's redeeming. Be- from a character standpoint, it's at least in the lore. And then I think there's more that she can play. And for <laughs> my favorite line, maybe in the franchise, when she screams, chair. <laughs> that alone is more like that's more memorable to me. I, okay. You don't think that it's memorable to watch Chris Pratt crawl his way out of lava <laughs> well that, that was pretty good too i think uh i think just again there i could go back and forth but i think it's it's not necessarily the quality of the character it's that the idea of a macho character in jurassic park i don't think fits as, as like a lead hero so that's why I'm, i put him last so it's not necessarily the actual yeah i i can certainly get nuts and bolts of the character during the movie yeah it's the idea of like having a macho masculine character in my Jurassic Park movie. So here's where I can concede, okay, as I'm looking at my rankings again. I probably agree that I put Sarah Harding too low. Um, especially We'll get to her. We'll get to because, her. Well, no, 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 I'm just saying because I had Owen. I clearly have Owen above her. But what I'm trying to say to you is I agree that Owen and Claire are six and seven. Now, the the order that you put them in doesn't matter because they're both trash. There, there's a wide gap. There's a wide gap definitely for for both of these Comparatively. Characters. They're comparatively trash because honestly, when you watch Jurassic World and, and Fallen Kingdom, you kind of understand what you're getting. So you don't feel like I'm watching trash. But like when you stack, when we're, when you do what we're doing right now, which is stack up all of the characters and you say, okay, who's the best? They very clearly just, they, they filter to the bottom. That's I think that we're going to find a trend where there could be some big gaps within our rankings. So you could have, a, you know, like we have right now, we have, you know, six, five, there probably is going to be a clear, huge gap. Like, like yeah. from five to four is it I, like they're on different planes. Yeah. And I think it's going to happen just because but still Claire is, is I'm sorry. Claire's last. It's I, I'm not going to argue it. I'm just telling you that's why I have. <sighs> so, okay. So we've done, no, we've done six and five. No, I'm right. And y- if you just understood my point of view, you would also see that I'm right. And you would be converted to my opinion. Wow. Stop the vote. All right. <laughs> All right. What was your number four on this list? Uh, well, it was Owen. Okay. So then we talk about Owen next. Uh, I don't know if there's much, much more to say. I think we just said it. Yeah, I think we, we encompassed him. My number four is Sarah Harding. So let's talk about Sarah Harding. So I, I think Sarah struggles from that she's playing in an all-star game at this point. You're right. You know? Yeah. Because I, I actually really love her character. And I feel so bad now. I know like Twitter can light me up for putting... Light him up. Twi- Twitter's for, for putting her five and Owen above her. Okay, I agree. 
I deserve it. But um, I really do love her character. And that's why in the draft episode, spoiler alert, I fought so hard to go and get yes. her. So if you listen to the draft episode before you get angry at Mike, listen to the draft episode. Right. So your I, thoughts on Sarah? I have a hard time with Sarah because we we're going to get to a book episode, but I just finished The Lost World pretty recently. And her character, Dr. Sarah Harden in, in The Lost World in the book is so cool cool and such a good character it's way better than the movie character like there's such a huge difference and we'll get to the book episode we talk about the movies and the differences there's a lot that lines up like these books and these movies are pretty close together sarah harding in the movie versus the book is is such a big gap so i think i have a recency bias there but i think it still wouldn't change my placement of having her as kind of better than our Jurassic World heroes, but not as good as the other ones that we yeah. get to. The Trinity. All right. Who do you have for three? You go first for consistency because that could influence this. So you still have to go first okay. for three. Okay. Okay. I have Dr. Sadler. Uh, I have Dr. Grant. Oh, wow. Okay. So who do you have for number two? Ian Malcolm. I, I have... Uh, Dr. Harding. So then we, so Harding is three. Yeah. Uh, this is not a huge surprise based off of, uh, you know, us doing this show. So number two, I had Dr. Sadler. So Dr. Sadler is number three for us. Okay. Ellie which, Sadler, which like I'm, what, what else can we say? Yeah. That's already I, not been said. About. Un- unfortunately, I would, I would put her higher if, uh, she had a second movie. I, mean, I agree. That's I think, a great point. That's I think a great if she point. had a second movie, she'd be number one. That's a great point, Mike. Wow. I'm, I'm feeling much better about this because I did have her as a number two for me. All right. What was your number one? Uh, Alan Grant. Alan Grant. Uh, Alan Grant was number two for me. Um, and then Ian Malcolm. So Ian Malcolm. I knew you were going to go Malcolm. Yeah, of course. Wait, so... Your Dr. Graham was number one. Yeah. Mine was number three. So Ian Malcolm's number two, right? I don't know. Are you averaging it? Is that how we're mathing this? How do we do that? You, okay. I had him for three. <laughs> Listeners, if you have... <laughs> if you're already... If you, if you, <laughs> we're already lost with our format. Wait, I said... You said... Well, who's your number three? Uh, Sadler. Sadler. I said Grant. So Grant was... That was the first time Grant was mentioned. Okay. Number two, you said Malcolm. Malcolm, first time Malcolm. I think was Grant has to be two. Grant's two, and me, no, yeah, that's that seems more right. Grant's two, Ian Malcolm's one. Yeah. So we talk about Grant first. Yeah. Okay. You go. So, so well, I guess I have to say that because it was because I had Grant at three versus two is the reason why he's not number one. No. I had Dr. Grant earlier in my. I guess. So if you had Grant second, or if I had if I had Ian Malcolm second, yeah, and Sadler one, Grant would be number one. Grant would be number one. Yeah. So for me, I know that this doesn't play out movie wise, but this plays out personally for me, as I think Doctor Grant is the engine to this. He is the the engine or the engine. <laughs> I know that. I know that theatrically speaking, from a, from from how the movies are actually constructed, the first two movies. Um, 
and even the third one to a certain extent. I mean, it, it, that that Jeff Goldblum's character basically drives this. He is kind of the 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 mystical lead character to this, the the pseudo lead character, if you will. But I don't know. I just love Dr. Grant. I just I think that he is the brains. I know that Dr. Malcolm is the brains, but he's really not. He knows he doesn't know jack crap about anything. About anything. Dinosaurs, dinosaurs. Dinosaurs, yeah. So so that's why for me, Dr. Grant is number one because he actually has all of the knowledge behind all this. You're right. I, I understand. And these kids this. don't yeah. survive yeah. without Dr. Grant. Dr. Grant is actually like the main hero archetype. Like he's He's the lead character as I'm moving through the story. And that's why this is, I just love this series and us going through these movies and doing this podcast has made me appreciate it so much because and the reason that I've been calling them the Trinity is because they all have characteristics, hero characteristics that make them so good together because Malcolm has more of like the spiritual high flu, like the mind side of this franchise. Like, that he has that part of him. Dr. Grant has more of the adventure, the adventure side of it. And then yeah. Ellie kind of brings it all together. Uh, and, but I can, I, I grant is great. He's, he's an awesome. And that, that is why I go back to Owen Grady at the start of this, this little section is because Dr. Grant compared to Owen, Owen Grady is, is yeah. night and day. Dr. Grant is like, he's an expert in his field, but he also is making it up on the fly. He's making mistakes. He's scared. Yeah. Like he shows fear. He doesn't want to go back to the island. Not goofy fear. He shows real fear. Right. And that's part of the, the acting. But, I, I, you know, I have Ian Malcolm on my wall right now. I have a print from, of him. So in the, our intro, I, I mean, but here we go. Those three could be number one on everyone's list. Yeah. And rightly so. And nobody could argue. Yeah. There's a huge gap between... Uh, you know, the first three with the, the last three. There really is. But I think In that the there's three. a, yeah. I mean, we, we have beaten this dead horse, but. We've beaten this dead raptor. This dead Night raptor. and day. Yeah. Night and All right. Day. Let's move on because I, I don't know if we can say much more about those amazing yep. characters. Yep. Let's move on to opening scene. Oh. All right. So if you don't really remember the opening scenes, that's okay. Because yeah. we kind of forgot as well. Uh, I'll run through them really quick. If we can both remember these. Yep. Jurassic Park, Raptor Cage. Raptor Cage. Shoot her! We had Muldoon. Uh, Lost World. Uh, the, uh, dinner on the Beach. Dinner on the Beach. The, the, on the, beach. <laughs> the crazy, crazy Dinner on the Beach with the compies and the little girl. Uh, Jurassic Park 3, we have... Par- parasailing. Parasailing with the green screen. Yeah. yeah. Notorious. Uh, we have Jurassic World. We have... The family getting ready to leave yeah. in the snow, the fake out yep. with the bird claws. You think you think it's a raptor in the snow. Yeah. Which now that I think about it, it really made me angry. It's a good little trick, but right, it's, a, right. it's a crow in the snow. And then we have Fallen Kingdom, which is our underwater. Yes. Get back into the park. Go get the bone. Almost of like Indominus. Yeah, yeah. Very much a, almost like a James Bond opening kind yeah. of intro. So Mike, uh, I'll go first this time All right. because uh, you went first last time and yep. we're, we're fair here, even though we, you know, stopped the vote, but we are, we are fair here. I'm going to say number five uh, for me easily is Jurassic World. Agreed. And I think that's going to be yours. Yeah. I mean, there is night and day. I, I would like to see in fans, maybe you in listeners, maybe, you know, if there was something else that was supposed to open up 
for for Jurassic World, but for me, it's just a very frustrating. You know, how, it's 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 very subdued. You know how like you've seen Law and Order. Yes, the opening in scene in in every Law and Order is the crime. Okay, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that this film franchise necessarily follows that, but in every opening scene um, of this film franchise, it really does set up the film and in jurassic world all it does is set up that there's conflict in this family between these two parents which is fine in theory it's a good idea i like it because you're setting up the tension but then of the they characters. neglect it for the rest of the movie and that makes that opening scene because totally you don't care useless. about the characters very yes. much yeah it's it's pretty it's pretty rough I, I get that they're trying to do something different they're rebooting the franchise it's a little it was a fake out sure yeah that, that's fine it was probably when they yeah when they were making the storyboard it was probably something that they had an idea of how they were going to use it later on in the movie and then they get deeper in the movie and they never went back to deal with the storyboard yeah and they really the only thing besides that is like that phone call with claire calls her sister yeah. and like the in the in the lawyer's office it it's there's not much there. I understand where they they you know, they they are. We already know we're we're in the theater. We're watching a Jurassic Park movie. We don't yeah. need a tease that there's gonna be dinosaurs. And they they can't. You know what it was? It was just a device to get these kids on the island. Yeah. And they didn't want the parents to be there because they didn't want the parents to have the screen time because they knew that Claire and Owen were their lead characters. Yeah. And they didn't and want to commit the, the screen the, time yeah. to. So that I mean that's really what came. And out. I think the they want the they wanted the kind of going to the park. The park is fully done. They wanted yeah. like a kid going to Disney World. Yes, that that's so I'm true. I'm kind of talking it up a little bit more, but it's still it, the worst one. And then I think they were trying to wait and kind of do a slow burn to the Indominus yeah. reveal, but definitely definitely a uh, number 5 for me. All right, uh number 4 for me is uh Jurassic Park 3. Same. All right, we're on the same page. All right, the infamous uh, green screen uh, parasailing yeah. opening shot. Now, I I, I want to put a plug. Um, Brad talked about this when we chatted with him, but please listen to Stuck on Sorna. That's another Jurassic Park podcast where they go in depth into the, that entire film. Um, we're gonna try to see to get if we can get the host on, but. Apparently, that is the scene that bugs everybody that was involved in the movie. Is that huh. opening scene? I didn't realize that. Um, and what? And the it is interesting. The big question is, how did those boat drivers get killed? The serial killer. That's the serial. It, but there was one. I think it was an editor that said there's a shadow that goes across the boat, and it's implied that a pterodactyl. Or some some flying dinosaur got him, but yeah, it's not a bad concept. I like the idea of it. Sure, the whole idea. I think it's just the jarring of the green screen, and they talk about in Stuck on Sorna that they, for the close ups, they did reshoots at this like the green screen at a studio, and it was done by a second unit, not the person who had shot the on site footage, and there and sure not the director of photography. Probably, yeah, so yeah. there's huge inconsistencies. Even if it's in one shot, it was jarring enough to make it funky. But the whole the whole setup, I don't mind at all, and it gets Eric on the island. So yeah, 
Yeah, we'll get to Eric later. Oh, yeah, Eric. We love him. All right. Uh, my number three for opening scenes is Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Oh. It is our Aqua James Bond opening is my okay. number three. What's yeah. your number three? Jurassic Park 1. Bring in the heat, Mike yeah. Wynn. Okay, we, we got to keep going. Uh, number two is uh, Lost World yep. for me. Uh, it would be for me as well. Okay, so we're talking Lost World. Wow. Uh, your thoughts on Lost World's opening scene? My favorite part of that opening scene is it reminds me of the book. It's and, straight from the book. It's and I know, from the book. I know that this is a separate rankings for the movies, but my... This was my, um, this was personal to me because my very earliest memory, and I do believe I brought this up in our, in the, in the, either the intro episode or the first episode that we did. One of my earliest memories is this scene. And so, um, I have it high on my list and I think we, what was it? Two we had it as. So yeah, it's high on, it's high on my list. It's, it's definitely one of my favorites too. Uh, it, it was what's the movie I can't remember the name of it I know you're gonna know the name of this movie where the kids Jumanji stumbled, no where the kids stumble upon the dead body and they um, it's a very famous movie and they're like playing out in the woods and they find a dead body and they don't know what to do I don't know what you're what, what who's okay, in well, it okay so I, I don't know we'll have to look it up later but it, the point being is that Every kid has um, a moment in their childhood, whether they're with friends or they're by themselves, where they stumble upon something. And this scene kind of allows us to tap into that memory of that time where we all as kids stumbled upon something. Yeah, in the woods. Unfortunately, this around. little girl stumbles upon something and it really bites her. Yeah. But yeah, it's a great opening scene. The I think the hilarity of which we talked about with Greg in our episode of the high level yeah. lunch on the beach, but it kind of go it kind of easily. You're like this family or these adults are so uppity. They like they're out of their element. Like they think they own this place. They yep. got their own private island, and it, it is a terrifying scene, especially which is classic Spielberg through the eyes of a child. Uh, and you don't need it. It's not a big like you're not showing the T Rex. You're showing the copies, but it's it's pretty terrifying. So what's your number one? My number one is Jurassic Park. So that means we're talking about Jurassic Park as number two on this list. Uh, I, I love this scene. I love the tension building. It's, it is a masterclass in Spielberg cinema. The shots, the close-ups, uh, the tension bu- building. I, I love it. So... What's number one for you? So number one for me is Jurassic uh, or Fallen Kingdom. Fallen, really? I thought you didn't like that opening. I would have to vet whether or not I said in the Fallen Kingdom rewatch podcast if I didn't like it or insert, not. Insert inserting Mike <laughs> saying he doesn't like this <laughs> intro. Actually, I could probably pull it up. <laughs> Let me see if I can find it. <laughs> Oh my god! I can't wait to be <laughs> such a fraud. <laughs> the, the the concept of the scene, the story that this scene in this opening sequence is telling, I actually really like. Okay, yeah, I think that this is the right place to start. Um, 
Huge issue with the execution of it. Why is there a manned submarine doing this mission? When when we go down to look at uh, the Titanic or whatever it is, it's always an unmanned. Now I get it. The Titanic is at a as a, as is going to be at a depth where um, you probably can't take a manned submarine. But but why are we sending two people down there in Jurassic World? To uncover this dangerous thing, it just is stupid. Stupid. You know, it must have been a budget thing. <laughs> you know. Spirit. Oh. All right, I have a defense. All right, I would, I would like to defend myself. Oh. That made my week. My. <laughs> oh, I agree that that sounds gracious. very damning. However, uh, I would like to submit for the jury's uh, um, review that I spoke specifically about the decision of the idiots running that, okay, all right. that expedition yes. to send a manned submarine down there. Okay? Yes. Now, I did say at the beginning, if you would rewind and play that nope, back, that's a, well, that's that all I that's said, all I think this is the right place to start, and I really like this sequence. Yes. So, I stand by. I you know what? Not only do I stand by, I plant my flag <laughs> in this as the best opening sequence in the film franchise. Well, it is according to our rankings. Uh, so I, the rankings are uh, number five, Jurassic World; number four, Jurassic Park three; number three, Lost World; number two, Jurassic Park; and number one is uh, Fallen Kingdom. It is a very exciting sequence. It is really fun. It kind of sets up the craziness of this movie. I'm going to make a bold prediction before we move on to our next Uh is I think Dominion has the potential to have the best opening scene in the franchise. It depends. If we see a raptor bagging groceries at a Piggly Wiggly then absolutely. Absolutely, without a doubt. <laughs> Moves to the top of this list. And maybe we have to, you know, we might have to do a redo of our rankings uh, after that. I want to see them, I want to see two people walking down the street in Manhattan. And as they're walking down the street through an alley to get to dinner for their date, yep. okay, they walk by a campaign poster and it says, Blue for City Council. <laughs> Blue is fully talking. Um, it also means that Dr. Grant had a premonition when he dreamed <laughs> yeah. of the Alan Raptor. <laughs> Alan. Alan. As, as like something that would be to come. Yes. It all, I like it. I like, it. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for either an Alan Grant in the field or, um, a big game hunter hunting. Ooh, that would be really hunting good. Hunting a actually. dinosaur. So that, that's my number one is I, I would love to see a big game hunter hunting a dinosaur. All right, we move on next. Now we're getting into some dinosaur rankings. Obviously, we could have gone through our rankings of favorite dinosaurs in the films, but <laughs> that would have taken a long time. And to be to be frank, uh, to be blue, there are some main dinosaurs that are featured in every film that are, I think, the most important dinosaurs. That mean the T-Rex, the raptors, and a couple yeah. others. So... Yeah. We're really going to focus on those, and we're going to specifically focus on the T-Rex, T-Rex appearances throughout the franchise. Uh, so we're going to go through all the movies, so you have uh, each kind of appearance and, and why we like them. Uh, so, Mike, your turn to start yeah. us off. This is going to be somewhat controversial because I know exactly what you're going to say immediately after I tell you my ranking. Okay, but my number five is Jurassic Park 3. And I already know that you're going to tell me, but there was a horned T-Rex. 
And that's yes. got to be worth something. Yes. And my response to you is, yeah, there was a horn T-Rex that did what exactly? Looked nothing. cool. A whole lot of nothing. He's fighting and the power. And also the Spinosaurus freaking bossed the uh, the T-Rex in this movie. So that is why at number five I have... Oh, I'm sorry. We weren't supposed to talk about it, but that's what my number five is. <laughs> okay. Well, my number five is uh, Fallen Kingdom. What is your number four? My number four... <laughs> sorry. <laughs> my number four is fallen kingdom okay so we can talk about fallen kingdom first uh fallen kingdom the t-rex is used at the end of the movie in a similar way as jurassic world um where he, he, she comes out to kind of kill the baddie and uh it's not bad it's just for me it's it was kind of the same way they use the t-rex the in jurassic world I'll just jump to number four because I, I I do have Jurassic Park three, so we can we can talk about that, um, which you already talked about. The more I think about Jurassic Park three, listening to Stuck on Sorna, which is shaping a lot of my viewpoints, so I apologize. I'm impressed that they just killed the T Rex off. Twenty oh. minutes in the movie, yeah, it's impressive. I mean, they went for it. I don't love it. I don't necessarily, I mean, it, but I, I appreciate what they did, but I still think it's, it's, it's going to be low on the rankings for us. Yeah. All right. What's your number three? I think we're on. My number three for T-Rex appearance is the Lost World. Okay. Uh, my number three is Jurassic World. Uh, what's your number two? My number two is uh, Jurassic Park. Wow. Uh, my number two is Lost World. So we're talking Lost World at the three slot. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so you don't, you're you not uh, you're not a fan of family dramas. We're talking about Jurassic Park 3 right now, aren't we? Wait, no, what, we just did. One? We just finished Jurassic Park 3. Now okay. we're on to Lost World. So Lost World. Um, well, that makes Lost World number two, doesn't number it? Number three. We did, we did Fallen Kingdom, Jurassic Park 3, and now we have Lost World. Because I had Lost World at two. Yeah, I just wasn't really buying the whole like invade Family. San Diego. Sure. I mean, the baby dinosaur, a lot of people are frustrated with the idea that the baby dinosaur gets brought into the catabus and that whole thing <laughs> and that the T-Rexes would be that um primal. Yeah. Uh, to, to caretake their kids. I like I like the family dynamic. I think it's uh, reflective of Ian Malcolm trying to p- protect Kelly. Yeah, we're gonna have to get to the other ones because I don't I don't know how the one that I think you have at number one is number <laughs> one. Um, we're talking about Jurassic Park next at number two because uh, you have Lost World uh, or you have Jurassic World as number one. Is, I is do, right? yeah. Okay, Jurassic Park, the OG, uh, one of the greatest scenes in cinema, and also the point where the T Rex shimmies across. Um, yeah, which is, which is so that's actually a detriment to me. Is is how that works out and i know it's not the t-rex's fault that that steven spielberg couldn't figure that out but i do think that 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 is a part of its appearance and i have issues with that now it's not the reason why i moved it down to two i just really like what i put as number one um okay let's just jump to because my argument would be you can't have Jurassic the the epicness of jurassic world and the old girl coming out and Claire with the flare. I didn't know that was rhyme, that rhymed. You cannot have that moment without Jurassic Park. 
that dinosaur, that T-Rex from the first one. Yeah, it was somewhat nostalgic for me though because it's a great moment. I, I guess like I guess it's you're building up to this movie and then they bring out Well, I thought it was what I thought was really nice about it was um and maybe this is more philosophical than anything, but like the Indominus Rex is defeated by you're right. the okay. old girl, right? And uh that was really I think that was important. Because what it was uh, essentially communicating was we can't just build a better wheel. Exactly. You know, you know like we yeah, can't just build can't our way out of this. Yeah, we can't be do builder uh, something better, faster, scarier. Yeah. So um, that was, I thought that was really good. And there's also just this shot. It's the final shot of the movie or one of the final shots. I don't know. And it is the T-Rex. Yeah screaming over the island it's pretty awesome and i was just i remember watching that and i was just like i'm okay if the franchise ends right Right now yeah you're winning me back a little bit i think maybe i would have now that we're talking about it i think i would have maybe moved jurassic world over lost world as far as I think I, lo- I like Lost World as a film better, so that's why oh, I probably yeah, have it. Oh, yeah, 100%. But now, now that you say that, because that is probably the that is by far the best part of Jurassic World. I don't think anything comes close to it, um, besides Khan flying the helicopter and being happy. But that's, You know what it's like? It's like when you watch the James Bond films. Shout out to any James Bond fans we have. Yeah. Um, but when when Bond like has the option to drive a V12 Vanquish or a DB5, or a DB12 or whatever it is, Aston Martin vehicle, and he chooses the old one and drives that around and runs circles around whoever's in a nicer Maserati, BMW, whatever it is. It's like that. Yeah, you're right. That's a good. That's a great point. And you know what? I'm okay with it. So T-Rex appearances, number five, Fallen Kingdom, number four, Jurassic Park 3, number three lost world number two jurassic park and number one jurassic world for t-rex appearances yeah all right moving on to a big section uh with a lot of a lot of characters so i'll read them out it is our allies so these are the main characters that help support the lead characters there's more in here and if you listen to the draft episode you'll hear all the names i kind of narrowed it down to some of the bigger characters so billy brennan ray arnold Nick Van Owen, Eddie Carr, Paul Kirby, Amanda Kirby, Ifrin Khan, Lowry Crothers, Barry, I don't know if he has a last name, uh, Franklin Webb, and Zia Rodriguez. This is a big category. Big category. Big, big category. Uh, so this, we're going to have to figure out our, uh, we're going to have to get our stuff straight here. So yeah. but, uh, a number, you start out with uh, 11. You're 11. Uh, Amanda Kirby. Yes, and that's for me too. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to nominate Amanda Kirby to be the next one slain by a dinosaur as well. <laughs> Eric! <laughs> Eric! I, I feel bad for the actress and the character. It's just... I like how we, you, like, we have the ability to edit in Amanda Kirby's voice screaming Eric, but I would like you to actually keep <laughs> your keep voice. voice. I will. I will. I do a great impression. So Amanda, Amanda Kirby at 11... No surprises there. I'm not shocked. Uh, what do you have for number 10? Uh, her husband, Paul Kirby. I do not. I have number 10. <laughs> I have Nick Van Owen at number this 10. This just got <laughs> real interesting real quick. Oh, boy. Uh, who's your number nine? 
Uh, Irfan Khan. Okay. Uh, my number nine is Paul Kirby. So let's talk PK Paul Kirby, William H. Macy, rocking the mustache. I feel like William H. Macy was done dirty by this role. Yes. I. The reason why I don't have a Paul next to his, his wife, is, or his ex-wife, I should say, is one one reason. I don't know if I agree with the plot plot choice in the writing, but I think the way that Paul Kirby fakes out that he's a big shot in the yeah, way like that, that William H. Macy acts and like goes for that, I think is well done. I agree. I don't necessarily feel like that's necessary. I've thought about this a lot and I, and I, I go back to it and I say, I know Dr. Grant is like kind of curmudgeon but you've already set up that he cares more about people. And if you had these two characters pleading with Alan Grant to save their son, I think he would have done it. Yep. Right? Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I I do really think that um, an irredeemable character was made somewhat redeemable by a great actor. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I have him a little bit high, higher than uh, the number 10 slot. So, but uh, no surprises there. The Kirby's are. Yes. So pretty, low. pretty pretty low. Okay, so uh, number eight. Eight. What's your eight? Barry. Barry is at your eight. Uh, my number eight is Zia Rodriguez. Okay, oh, we're, we're not gonna talk about one for a while. Uh, what's your number seven? My number seven is uh, Lowry. Lowry Crothers is your number seven. My number seven is Billy Brennan. <laughs> we're not gonna talk about it for what? Okay, who's your number six? Uh, Billy Brennan. Okay, so. Double B Billy Brennan. Uh, we are doing all the Jurassic Park three allies. Yeah. Um, so I think that Billy Brennan's heroics are only brought on by his by his, his poor it, actions. Idiocy. So that's why he's straight middle of the road for me. He only he's redeems a, he's what he's a he pure caused. middle of the road. I think I would have rather he survives, right? Yeah, he does. I would have rather him died in this in, in the movie, but I think he's a good middle of the road character. I like the dynamic of him and Grant as kind of yeah. the pseudo like mentee to Grant's mentor. I think the biggest things for him is the stupidity of if he was like, I don't know. They they kind of it's 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 frustrating because I understand where he's kind of trying to make money. He like gets the Kirby's. He's in on this scheme. But then they try to redeem him and have him be heroic. There's not enough there in a Jurassic Park movie, especially Jurassic Park 3, to have that dynamic of a character. So you got to go one way or the other. Are you going to make him more of an evil character, make him evil, or a good character, make him a good character? That, that, like, when he's hitting on the intern at the start, I mean, that kind of makes him evil for me. So we are fans of the Scream movie franchise. Yes. Um, And one of my favorite parts of that franchise is when it is so self-aware that it starts describing the rules of how people die in horror movies and i feel like in um there wasn't anything that set this up in the jurassic park franchise but i feel like it should be a rule that if you touch something that belongs to a dinosaur you you die and um that would have mean that would have meant that nick van owen should have died that sir harding should have died that ian malcolm should have died that um roland not roland um Who's, who did the, who originally stole the baby dinosaur? Any whoever touched that baby dinosaur should yeah. have died. But Nick, it also should have meant that um, uh, um, who are we just talking? Billy Brennan should have died because he stole these eggs. Now it also would have meant that Alan Grant should have died because he took the eggs out of the camera case. Okay, whatever. But 
But I just feel like when you take something from a dinosaur, that should be a rule. Yeah. In the Jurassic Park franchise, that you're gonna die. They should, and they should comment on it honestly. But yeah, I, th- I think he's uh, middle of the road. Uh, I think he works, but uh, nothing too special. Yep. So yeah, eleven, ten, nine, all <laughs> Jurassic Park three. All right, who's your number? Oh no, I have to say my number six. My yes. number six is six is Alfred Kahn. Okay. Um. So we're talking about uh Kahn, uh the fabled uh CEO of InGen yeah. slash Jurassic World. We're not one hundred percent sure. Uh, loves to fly helicopters to the point <laughs> of his doom. But hey, he he died. Yeah. Doing what he loves isn't that beautiful. You know I. I think I like this character way more than you do, but I like him. No, I really do like him. I think that it's unfortunate that because I had him at six, you had him at nine, nine, yeah. But I don't know. I just feel like there wasn't enough screen time for him to really impression, make an impression on us. I I think they shouldn't have killed him off. I think he's also. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but he's also. We can't ignore how responsible we have to hold him to creating the indominus rex yeah i think they should have killed him either killed him off later in the film or kept him to build up a dr Wu. like i i Ooh, i really wanted a dr Wu takeover of ingen i wanted basically in like some sh- shady ingen board yeah. members to kind of take over and have dr Wu supplant him yeah but that's good i like the character but i think it's a great point he doesn't have a lot of screen time but yeah He's a, the the actor. He's a great actor, and he I mean he did a good job, especially the in the Donimus Rex scene and kind of yeah him him and Doctor Wu. I love that scene that they have together with the T. Yep, yep, great, great scene. I agree. I agree. Okay, uh, so who's your number five? Nick Van Owen. Now, I we're talking Nick Van Owen. Granted, I could have moved Nick lower, and I probably should have, but um, this is I, I I think that there is such a um. We don't see enough of him after his appearance in Jurassic Park 2, The Lost World. Um, And I think that he deserves it because without his leadership in the second half of the movie, they don't get off that island. And I know that I know He also knows Spanish. No one else knows Spanish. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I do think that, you know, you could say, well, Ian Malcolm is the driving force. He's the main character. They're going to get off the island as long as Ian Malcolm is with them. I understand. But the whole time, Ian Malcolm is like, but do we have the codes? Do we have the frequencies? Do we have the frequencies? Which is very important. But um, and, and I feel like as soon as they get to that research facility, Nick Van Owen is on top of it. And I don't know. I feel like that that's really the impetus that gets them off the island yeah sure uh he stole a baby dinosaur yeah he did steal a baby dinosaur he rescued the baby dinosaur from the people who stole it and then he healed this broken leg and because of that because of nick van owen's actions that's why that baby dinosaur shows up and saves Uh, people i don't care i don't care because i'm I'm gonna break up a bigger point that's gonna knock your socks off okay uh i haven't said my number five right uh so my number five is uh my number five is barry okay so we're talking about barry uh again not a ton to do i like the idea of him working i mean i just love that actor and i think he's really cool uh i hope your reason is so much weaker than mine yeah (laughs) you okay how can okay okay we need to have a serious conversation for a second so how can you make owen grady the least important character in the franchise, the least important main character in the franchise, but then say his assistant, who had like 10 minutes of screen time, is somehow 
top tier like ally. My theory is Barry did all the work. <laughs> Nick or uh, Owen Grady did none of the work. He was just because he had uh, worked was a Navy SEAL. He was kind of an overseer. I, my theory is Barry, Barry developed the technique. He did everything. He just didn't get any of the credit. So that's why right. I have Barry. Okay. Uh, who's your number four? My number four is Zia Rodriguez. Zia Rodriguez. We're talking Zia. I think that she does a pretty decent job in a difficult situation with um, saving the Indominus or the Indoraptor. Right? Blue. No. Saving blue. Saving blue. Yeah. She yep. did a good job. That's a great she's a great ally. I mean, I don't I still think she doesn't have a lot to do. We'll see if she does more in the new movie, but that was a big contribution. She had an issue. I had an issue with her. I remember people smart people who listen to this podcast would would listen back to my Fallen Kingdom analysis and I had some issue with her. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I liked her. She was fine. Pretty middle of the road for me, uh pretty f- forgettable, but I mean, a cool part. There, there's a lot that could be done there. I, I just didn't think there wasn't much that she provided besides like a skill set. But that she's an ally. That's what you she does. You know what does. she is? She's like the spiritual granddaughter of Doctor Sadler. Yeah, yeah. Th- I think they brought in those like yeah. skill sets and then kind of a because she's a botanist or a yeah. paleobotanist. Yeah. Okay, uh, number four for me was Franklin Webb. Okay. Uh, who we need, we need? Did you have him on the Not list? Yet. Not I yet. Have him oh, at number okay. three. I have okay, Franklin so we're out. We're talking about Franklin Webb. Franklin Webb. You know who he reminds me of? Uh, the uh, quote-unquote new Q in yes, the James Bond movies. Yes. Um, very quirky, he's, very you know, funny. That Q has been in the last several movies, so he's not exactly new. But um, but yeah, very quirky. He he is the comedic relief, despite having. Um, uh, Chris Pratt in the movie. Uh, Franklin Webb kind of is the um, the comedic yeah, relief. Yeah, definitely. And love him with Claire. Love him with... Every character he interacts with is really fun. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a great addition to have kind of a Q-type character. And, and because you didn't really... You didn't have that as much in the first one. You didn't have as much of that comic relief, like ally character... Yeah. I think he's great. He's one of my favorite characters. Yeah. I would have had him. Did he go in the draft? Who took him in the draft? Did he go? It'd be, it would have been difficult to fit him into our movies because he's kind of a limited I think, character. I think I took him. I think he was in my movie. Oh, yeah, because I, I needed comic relief because it was Alien, Alien Sorkin. But, you know, movie. he would actually would have been really good Aaron for your movie. He would have been really good for your movie because he could talk fast. He's. He could read those Aaron <laughs> I just Sorkin mean, lines. I just mean his character would have been good because his character represents the new technological age in the, yes. in the Jurassic yep. sphere. I'm excited he's going to be the next one. Great actor, great character. Uh, okay, we're you just said your number three. I have to say my no, number three is uh, Lowry Crothers. Uh, okay. Another kind of in the similar vein, brought a lot of comic relief, uh, was kind of the voice of the nostalgic fan in... Jurassic World. There's rumors he's going to come back for Dominion, yeah. um, but not on IMDb, not officially coming back. Uh, I do love that actor. Uh, again, it's kind of a one-note character, but I think it's really, really funny. And uh, I, I th- just love... I mean, it's the biggest laugh of the movie when he's wearing the Jurassic Park t-shirt and talks good. about vintage. And then I love that he's a he's an Ian Malcolm fan, has the book on his on his desk. Yeah, that's good. I 
I I don't mind Lowry. I just don't. And he waits till the end. So he he actually provides a good allyship because you had him really low. You had him what at eight. I had Lowry at seven. Seven. Okay, that was a yeah. that's a pretty good difference. But yeah, I mean, does he deserve a little bit more love on my rankings potentially? But I don't know. He's not very memorable for me. I'm I'm good with him never coming back to the franchise. I think he's only coming back to the franchise because he's uh, he was a popular. Yeah, character. I think he's popular. Not very, a very useful popular. character, a popular character. Very popular. You didn't really need him, especially because he had a counterpart. And um, I didn't include her. What in does this he list. do that Franklin Webb can't do? Is my question. That's why he might not be in this one. Yeah. Um, and you and you get a younger de- demographic and blah 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 blah. Yeah. Uh, okay, I think we have the same top two. I can't uh, wait. But what is your number two? Eddie Carr. Okay, my number two is Ray Arnold. No! <laughs> my number, number two is Ray Arnold, uh, which you hadn't mentioned yet. So then you say your number one. Is Ray Arnold. So then we play do Ray Arnold as number two. This was very close for me. Yeah. Very, very close. Uh, two men who give so much. So much. And give, their, give their lives yes. for, for our heroes. So Ray Arnold for me um, was number one, now number two in our rankings because... He really stepped into a situation that was a lose-lose. Shambles. Shambles. It was total, utter shambles. And so, I don't know. I just really think that um, his character was some something we all wish we had a little bit more of. Um, I think his death was warranted. You know, yeah. doesn't have it, much great. more to give after that. Here's a question. Do you think he was getting paid more or less than Nedry? Because if Nedry's complaining about his pay... Wouldn't Ray be like, he must be getting paid more? I mean, he's. A I feel like he's getting paid less, and just do, getting on with it like a freaking hero. Yeah, I bet you he's getting paid less, and he's probably going. He's probably thinking in his mind, "I'm getting paid less because this white guy over here is yeah. getting paid the big because bucks. he has he has money issues." Here's the deal, Mike. I think before we did this podcast, I would have had Ray Arnold as number one. To me, when I think about from like uh, just first thoughts about Jurassic Park, his scenes and just him on the computer smoking that cigarette is just as like iconic for me yeah. as Sexy Goldblum as the T Rex as Spared No Expense. Like the iconic kind of like the icon of that character is so cemented in my brain um, that I, you know, hold on to your butts. He's he's just up there, but I have to say, when it comes down to it, when I think about the ally character, uh, rewatching these movies, rewatching Lost World, Eddie Carr gives so much. He does, and he's not a one note character. Again, I will go back to it. The ethos of Jurassic Park: we don't have macho superheroes. Eddie Carr is not a macho superhero. He's a, like a mechanic engineer. Just an amazing character that gives so much. Yeah. And the reason why I hate Nick Van Owen as a character, because if Nick Van Owen had not brought the baby T-Rex <sighs> back, Eddie Carr would still be with us. God rest his soul. God rest the soul of Eddie Carr. All right. So I'll, I'll read them very quickly. 11, yeah. uh, 11 and 10, Kirby family. Uh, <laughs> number uh, nine is uh, Billy Brennan. Uh, number eight is Efren Khan. Number seven is uh, Nick Van Owen. Number six is Barry. Number five is Zia. Number four is 
Franklin Webb. Number three is Lowry. Number two is Ray Arnold. And number one is Eddie Carr. Wow. How does that work that Lowry ends up at three? Because I had him so high. You had you had him higher than three? I had him at I had him at three. So whoever says the person's second, that's where the ranking. Yeah, is. that's when we. That's what. It, so it you had him high, but I. I, you, I had or you had him low, but I had him high. So we we had we had he had one mention, but I think that kind of shows that we have a lot of like, um, middle of the road characters from like nine, from nine to to five. I think we have. They're all kind of to me. There's not much differentiating. It's a sh- it is an utter shame that Lowry is ranked third. <laughs> it's science. It's science. Okay, uh, next is Hunter Soldier. Hunter Soldier. Citizen Soldier. So we have uh, six characters. We have uh, Ken Wheatley, Udeski and Team. Uh, we have Robert Muldoon, Roland Tembo, AJ Sudu, and Vic Hoskins. All right, I will go first at number six. Ken Wheatley from Fallen Kingdom, Agreed. the guy who likes to take dinosaurs teeth. Creepy guy. Really creepy guy. Uh, Buffalo Bill from um, the movie with the guy and the girl, FBI agent. <laughs> We're really good at naming movies today. <laughs> Silence of the Lambs. There it is. It took me a second. Ken, uh, again, not necessary for this movie, not necessary for the franchise, but I can appreciate the trope and the consistency of the trope. Nothing much more for me to say on that one. Number six for you as well? Yes. Okay, that's what I thought. Uh, Number five for me, this almost moved higher, Udeski and team. What? Really? Yeah, it's number five for me. Uh, It's not number number five five for you. Uh, Vic Hoskins. Vic Hoskins. Vic Hoskins is a one weird guy. Number four for me. uh, Yeah, definitely a freak. Uh, Yeah, his whole thing, his whole the the idea of his his motivation as a character is I'm an in man for InGen to make them into weapons. Never really even came to fruition in Fallen Kingdom or in Jurassic yeah. World. Yeah. Really a one note character. And he apparently uh, doesn't mind sending his dog after his wife. No. Yep. Weird guy. Weird, weird guy. All right. What's your number four? My number four is Udeski. All right. Udeski and team. Uh, we did lump in the team uh, because they were killed off so fast. Uh, Udeski does do something very practical is he does have batteries to put in the camcorder so we can watch the camcorder footage. So we got to give him props to that. Yeah, I guess that's only only real props he deserves. Uh, They get killed very, very fast uh, in Jurassic Park three. Uh, My number three is Roland Tembo. Wow. Uh, My number three is um, AJ. AJ. Okay. Uh, my number two is AJ, so let's talk AJ. Uh, a great, a great, uh, a smaller character. Now I almost didn't have him in here, but because he says, might be the arguably the most iconic line in the franchise. Don't go in the long grass. <laughs> I mean that alone. There's some long grass by my in-laws, <laughs> and uh, yesterday or this past weekend, I th- we were I was playing fetch with the dogs, and I threw the ball a little bit too far. And it went into the long grass. 
and I shouted. My dog's name is Cassius. Don't go into the long grass. And everyone was like. And Shannon laughed. Okay. Thank you, Shannon. She knows. Uh, Anytime I go on a hike and, and we live near Lake Michigan and a lot of our hikes have long, we call it dune grass. It's long grass. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's very yeah. easy to spot long grass where we live. Always like to say, don't go in the long grass. Plus, AJ is the setup for them to get off the island, not Nick Van Owen. Once again, Nick Van Owen shows his worthlessness <laughs> because if it wasn't for AJ leaving his pack to go help his fellow workers, uh, they wouldn't have gotten the pack and gotten the frequencies to call and go home. Okay, my number two was it was uh, AJ. Uh, who was your, your number two? Uh, my number two was Roland. So the question, this begs the question, why do you hate Roland Trumbo? I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't hate him. I just, well, you ranked him lower than I did. So clearly you hate him. Oh wait, no, no, no. Sorry. My number, my number three. Oh, I, I, okay. My number three was Muldoon. I am so sorry. You had Muldoon at three. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I really probably. What kind of monster are you? AJ says that he says no. the most iconic line, and uh, Roland and AJ are, are, are a package. Okay, deal for so me. you had number three was Muldoon. Okay. We, we still got it. We got Muldoon as two, and uh, Roland as one. Right, that's how it would be. I have. Who's your uh, number one? Muldoon is number one, and Roland is number two. Muldoon is number one because he, I think he is the the spiritual grandfather of all hunter soldiers that come after him. And sure, yes, he is killed by... Oh, so Muldoon would be number one then because I went first. Okay, we got it. How do we not, how do we get tripped up on the one with six and not the one with 11? I don't know. How. Which, maybe I have these guys mixed up. Which one's from Jurassic Park 1? Uh, uh, Muldoon. Yes, that's the guy I want. Okay. Um, so who are we talking about first? Let's talk about Roland. Uh, he's an amazing character in Lost World, one of my favorite characters. Yep. Uh, he is our patron saint of the podcast, our favorite favorite characters. Uh, so it, Brad Just's favorite character is Roland. Uh, is so, I mean, if that's an, a ringing endorsement, I don't know what yeah. it is. I mean, if Brad says it, then it is so. But <laughs> um, I'll hail Brad. Um yeah, I like Roland quite a bit. I think that um, the best part about him is he really does go through a life-changing event. Now, all these characters do, right? They're in Jurassic Park. but His character goes through a character, a full-on character development. Yes. So he, which is very rare for side characters, for the hunter-soldier characters. Not, I mean, most of these characters don't. Coming out of this experience, he recognizes the harm. He recognizes... Um, just how stupid and futile it is and how unimportant uh, it is, um, how uh, people are more valuable than big game, all these things. And it's all of that is evident in the one line that he shares with, you know, uh, Ludlow. At the end. I mean, one of my favorite lines in the whole franchise, I would say... I'd have to, maybe this would be a whole ranking, but outside of the big three, it might be my favorite, favorite kind of soliloquy of any character. It's so good. I've seen enough death for one day. Yeah. 
All right, number one, Muldoon, the OG. Again, I would say one and two. These these guys are back in back to back films too. Yeah, I mean, I mean, so good. Muldoon, I just think I th- I don't want to kill anybody, but I believe the actor who played Muldoon is dead. Yes, but I think both actors have passed oh, now, that's too sad. which is really really a, a huge bummer. Yeah, that is a bummer. Um, Muldoon obviously dies um, because he's playing this game of cat and mouse with. The raptor, but I think that that that's honestly one of the most I mean, endearing yeah, qualities yeah, of yeah. him is he's trying to hunt, and he really is having fun doing it. Yeah, he's the hunter soldier. I mean, it is so good. I I mean, we I said that AJ says don't look, go in the long grass. I think another quote that my brother and I quoted all the time was "Clever Girl." Yes. I mean, oh. if we talk about one liners, that one is killer. And I think you're the right. Best. I think he yeah. gets number one just for "Clever Girl" because that's Roland doesn't necessarily have. A one-liner like that. He has a good soliloquy, but yeah. he doesn't have a one-liner like that. So so good. All right, so we have number six, Ken Wheatley. Number uh, five, uh, Vic Hoskins. Number uh, four, Udeskian team. Number three, AJ. Number two, Roland. Number one, Muldoon. All right, our final one, and then I think we need to take a break because we're we're hitting the midnight oil here on uh, part one of our ranking episodes. It's just so fun to talk about this oh my gosh and i feel like we've been i we're, yeah. we don't know everything we don't know every character sometimes we forget yeah uh, other movies often. names and characters names but i feel like we because we have watched all these movies within the last couple months we feel primed i feel equipped to make these decisions yeah i know for certain that there are better uh jurassic park fans as much as i am a fan of this series there are people listening to this podcast that are more informed know the characters better but you know what i have had a ton of fun re-watching the franchise and these are my rankings I know. and i'm willing to stand by them until the next podcast we do <laughs> and then you might change it <laughs> and then, I make and then I'll, I'll bring back the clip right. uh to quote james bonding once again we're lovers not experts okay uh, our last one should be a short one i'm calling it the um the hero dinosaur category we might call it the other dinosaur category Basically, I wanted to create a category for the non-T-Rex and Raptor dinosaurs. So this is only three. It's a little mini ranking. Uh, We have the the Indoraptor, the Indominus Rex, and the Spinosaurus. All right, Mike, I believe it's you first at number three. All right, number three for me is the Indoraptor. (sighs) All right, number three for me is the Indominus Rex. (laughs) Number two for me is the Indominus Rex. Okay, Indominus Rex. Uh, let's talk about it. I mean, again, I think this list is, they're all good, actually. I really like them all. But the Indominus Rex, I think there's a little too much going on with the cloaking device. and But it does set it up to be a, a very, very tough villain to kill. Yeah. I think the inconsistencies and the tough thing is it's actually a it's a character it's a dinosaur character that you could have sympathy for because it's basically it's basically frankenstein's monster but they you show it killing the brachiosauruses like the field like if there's a dinosaur that's capable of human emotion it is this one right exactly so it it reminds me of frankenstein's monster but then you are rooting at the end for it to be killed it's a great it's a great dinosaur i mean I, i but for me, sure. it's it's my least favorite out of all three. Yeah, well, I mean, it's my second least favorite out of all three. But um, <laughs> I think that it's just, 
it just seemed like watching this uh um oh my god it's the force awakens when they reveal that it's just another death star yeah and it feels like that with jurassic park with, yeah with, with jurassic world where oh my gosh they made another dinosaur you know so that's kind of why and that's why uh, anyway i won't talk about it yet you okay you, you won't what's go your ahead. number two uh, okay it, my number two is the spinosaurus and i already know where my number one is indoraptor so indoraptor will be number two because you had indo at three yeah so we have to talk about the indoraptor i asked for it you can re-listen to this podcast in in live I get a reaction where in i ask for i want a almost like a horror movie type well you hadn't seen the movie because yet. i had not seen fallen kingdom and i got it with the <laughs> indoraptor that whole sequence i've said it i said it in so that that's episode. my problem it's with still, the indoraptor it's still one of my favorite sequences in all the films i mean it's not a bad sequence but the my problem with the raptor is that it's not a dinosaur. It's just uh, it's just Freddy Krueger, but in real yeah. life. Yeah, it's a it's a Freddy Krueger monster. Well, it, it actually, if it's if it had a quip and if it could speak, it would be Freddy Krueger. So it's it's probably more of a Michael Myers or or sure. Jason. Let's talk about the Spinosaurus because I was I was seriously I was like tooth and nail. I think the only thing that put the Indo above the Spinosaurus was the that sequence with it tapping. Yeah, tapping uh, <laughs> is so good and so horrifying. Um, but the Spinosaurus is an actual dinosaur, so yeah. we got to give it a little bit more credit. It's gonna it's gonna rise to the top because it's yeah it's in this dinosaurs like official zeitgeist and. It's it's super cool. Yeah, I really like this dinosaur. I think it was like the first time I really considered dinosaur swimming. Um, was the Spinosaurus? Now I recognize the Indoraptor and the Indo. Yeah, Dominus Rex can probably do that too. And there's probably the Mosasaurus can swim as well. But you know, it's just, I, I just thought. Do it you was think so they'll bring cool. it back? Do you the think Spinosaurus? Do you think they'll bring Spinosaurus back? I think back? that if we're gonna do another Jurassic Park movie, okay, here's what we should do. People might say, Mike, say this for another podcast. I say, no, this is for this podcast. Okay. Save I don't want any too. people. I don't want any people in the movie. Okay. I don't want it to be a cartoon either. What it needs to be is just get Vince McMahon and uh, start a cage match with all of the dinosaurs. Just put them all in a cage match. It's called... Uh, Kong versus Godzilla, Mike. It's already been done. It's already been made. All right, great. I'll watch that. Just do Kong versus Godzilla without the actually Kong versus Godzilla without the humans. Jurassic Park is good. Dr- Jurassic World three. Super Kong versus Godzilla. Super Smash, Jurassic. Yes, that's all I want. That's all I want. I, I, I love the Spinosaurus. I would love for them to bring it back. It was really good in the in Jurassic Park three. It's probably one of the best parts of, if not the best part about that film. It was the perfect dinosaur for that movie because the movie was so fast-paced, it needed a dinosaur that was fast. Fast, quick, could swim, get the job done. All right, so for our hero slash other dinosaurs, we have number three, Indominus Rex, number two, Spinosaurus, number one, Indoraptor, sorry, number three, Indominus Rex, number two, Indoraptor, and number one, Spinosaurus. Mike, would you put... 
I know this isn't our rankings, but would you put one of those above uh, a T-Rex or no, Raptor appearance? Only because I'm partial to those. I mean, also, uh, they're in each one of those, in each one of these appearances, there is a T-Rex or a Raptor that shows up. Exactly. So, so we get them both. All right, Mike. Wow. Uh, we still have six more categories to rank uh it's late uh we're gonna do a part two because part two. it's just so good so i think the we lost need a, world the, we're gonna do a lost world of this jurassic pod rankings episode uh any final thoughts on uh, on our rankings what shocked you what stood out so far on this part one i think the love for lowry shocked me yeah uh, your love for Lowry shocked me. I, I'm I'm a little shocked myself. I think looking at this, I think because there's such a a middle ground of allies, like there's such like a middle of the road bunch of allies together. When I think about these allies and I look at their names, I think about Lowry and his scenes immediately stand out mm. for me, and that's what I think makes him rise to the top. Uh, Again, I think him, like you said, Franklin Webb and him are very similar, and you they they're almost a similar type of character. But he he's up up there for me. Um, what what surprised you? What surprised me? I think uh, I think the the opening scenes uh, because I was shocked because I did not think that Fallen Kingdom was going to be that high, uh, based off of your comments uh, <laughs> that I accurately remembered. Uh, so I was really surprised inaccurately remembered because you thought that I bashed the entire scene. It is subjective. I think I was surprised. Uh, I think there was a lot more, um, and I think also the, the, the T-Rex appearance in Jurassic world, you really sold that, that to me. Uh, I think you maybe are, are more partial to Jurassic world than I am. Certainly. I think rewatch. I, I, I think I, I rate that pretty low we'll see when we get to the actual films how it how it performs yeah, i would but love to know what you actually rank yeah i'm gonna have to think about it a little bit more maybe for part two but uh listeners thanks for sticking with us uh, let us know we'll uh we, what we'll, are your rankings yeah what are your rankings what are your thoughts on our rankings was yes. there something totally rank our rankings yeah Was there something totally egregious that just stood out to you that was that was awful? We we want to know those things. If it if it has to do with uh, Camp Cretaceous, just uh, try to try to be gentle because uh, maybe we'll we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll do something with it. I mean, something will happen with it. Um, it's part of the universe. We can't ignore it. Should I give a little tease on what the categories are? Yeah. Okay. Let's. Here's a little tease. So we have. For, for part two best scores <laughs> best ferns uh, <laughs> uh, we we could do best vehicle but there wasn't enough vehicles probably to do rankings but we have score. restaurant you're most likely to eat at in Jurassic World <laughs> <laughs> gotta be Margaritaville Margarita. absolutely okay we have scores so the cinematic scores we have our raptor appearances we have our directors We'll see how that one ranks out. I'm interested. Uh, I think there could be a clear number one. Uh, then we have human villain. We have, I think, the toughest category, kids. Yes. Yeah, I think that's... That's going to be the most volatile because I think on any day, 
it could it could change for me. I think my rankings are pretty solid, but we'll see. It could change any day for me. And then, of course, our favorite films. We will talk to you. The best picture category. The best picture goes to. And we'll try to make sure the envelopes are, are sealed correctly and have the right the wording. Wow. <laughs>